0: White men can't jump, that's why we're here. Hello everybody, welcome to the first edition of Why We're Here, the podcast that discusses the latest NBA news and debates. Brandon Hodge alongside Caleb Swells, John Jorgensen, for the first edition of Why We're Here. So for our first edition today, we're going to jump right into things with a few of our own introductions, uh, giving... Everybody a background view of ourselves and why we're here. So, I'll let John Jorgensen start.
1: Well, of course my name is John Jorgensen Is already been introduced. And the real question we have to ask ourselves as we sit here together, why are we here? And with that, I will give you Caleb Swales. All right. Uh,
2: Caleb Swells, just a little background information. Uh, 2019, Kawhi was the best player I've ever witnessed. Uh, Raptors <laughs> <laughs> definitely straight. You know, won the championship, should resign, but you know what? We ain't worried about it. Hand uh, it back off to you,
0: And I'm Brandon Hodge. I'm a broadcasting major at the University of North Carolina at Pembroke. I'm graduating this December and thought we would get a podcast going together, trying to discuss some of the NBA news, trying to get some experience as well. So, with that, we jump into our first right. topic which will be Rajon Rondo and his buyout with the Memphis Grizzlies and planning on signing with the Lakers. Caleb, John, what are your thoughts on Rajon Rondo potentially joining LeBron once again and competing for an NBA title?
1: Well, Mr. Brandon, I mean, this is – everybody saw this coming from a mile away. Rajon Rondo, I still remember when I was a child, Watching the Sacramento Kings with Boogie DeMarcus Cousins and Rajon Rondo, the dream team, as far as anybody's concerned, and Caleb can smirk all he wants. He knows it's true. It was the dream team. He's a California boy. He went from Sacramento. Then he went somewhere else. Then he went to the Lakers. (laughs) When he was at the Lakers, he was an electrifying show of force, assisting both. Oh, I almost said Martin Luther King Jr. there. Um, (laughs) He was assisting LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and anybody else he wanted to assist. That man is a machine. And now that he's back in Los Angeles for the Lakers, you can expect some good things to happen. And that's all I got to say about that. All right, well,
2: he wasn't going to stay there. Let's just be honest here. He wasn't going to stay there. With
0: Memphis, right?
2: Yeah, he wasn't going to stay in Memphis. Right. I mean, behind, he's not going to want to... He's been starting for, like, what, 18 years now? Something like that. It's been a while. He's not going to want to step back to a, you know, backup role behind John Moran. It just it wasn't going to happen. So, you know. The fact that he got traded away from the Clippers, that just surprises me, because he actually was a playmaker for them. They got to... <coughs> excuse me. The, uh, the conference championship, the finals last year, conference finals, whatever. With him, I feel like that was probably a major reason why. I mean, Paul George was playing great, but Rondo was a playmaker. So, you know, I feel like he really made that. And the fact they traded him away just kind of surprised me. And, you know, he realized kind of needed LeBron. They worked together chemistry-wise.
0: Yeah. I agree with that. Um, Rajon Rondo – Going to the Lakers, it almost seems like a perfect match. Um, But the Lakers roster is one that many people talk about. People referring to it as the retirement home NBA team. But a lot of people don't realize this Lakers roster is very experienced. They have a lot of experience on this roster, and they have a lot of young players as well. In Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn, Talon Horton Tucker... So, this roster is really made up of a lot of young guys and older guys. And that experience with the Lakers, I think, is really what gives them the edge and why a lot of people are talking about them possibly being an NBA Finals contender. LeBron, we saw last season, starting to become a little bit older, obviously. Starting to become more of a playmaker rather than scorer. Average 10 assists a game last season. And Anthony Davis, obviously, he's had that injury last year. He wasn't the same AD as he was with New Orleans. But all in all, Anthony Davis, still in his prime. He's on the back end of his prime, but he's still in his prime. He's going to have a bounce back here. This Lakers team is dangerous. And adding Rajon Rondo makes them even more dangerous. Ra- Rajon Rondo is a really skilled player, and he's actually working on his shot. As we saw last season, that three-point shot of his is actually becoming a lot better than it was in his previous years. And I really think Rajon Rondo with the Lakers, that is, that's a key pickup for them. I think that with Rajon Rondo on this roster, LeBron as another playmaker can actually take some of that pressure off of him and give it to Rondo off of the bench, I think this is a really perfect match. And all in all, I didn't think Rajon Rondo was going to stay with Memphis either way. It just didn't seem like it was a great fit, honestly. I mean, Tyus Jones is off the bench, and he's a he's a really good playmaker as well. John Morant's the starter. So I don't really see much of room for Rajon Rondo in that roster, and I think this, this move was bound to happen. Uh, this this move is not official yet, but it is in the works as we speak. Well, I mean, the only reason I see him taking that backup role is if he was with the Lakers. I mean, honestly,
2: because, like you said, all the experience, I mean, they have some depth. I mean, I'll get into that later. But they have some depth and stuff. And, you know, With LeBron, I mean, 95% of the players in the league would sit the bench to play with LeBron. I mean, That's let's funny. be honest here. That's right. So, I mean, you know, just Rondo, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm still impressed he's playing as well as he has as he's gotten older. But
1: – And kind of piggybacking on both of what y'all have said already, anybody who plays with Rajon Rondo is going to look better at the end of the day than they did previously that man is slick as black ice in the (laughs) wintertime. You don't see him coming and then bam, he's right there. Another thing you mentioned the youth and also the experience of the Lakers. And that helps make them a pivotal team because they have people like LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who, although they're still in their prime, they might be starting to slip a little bit, you know, at more injuries, more wear and tear on their bodies that they can play less minutes. But, What makes them such a weapon, and you also mentioned how LeBron has changed his game up recently, and that just makes him so much more of a weapon on both the offensive end and the defensive end, taking more of a facilitator role, whereas before, you know if you were guarding LeBron James, you got to guard him, and you got to be on him tight, because he's going to shoot it. Now, you might stay too tight on him, and somebody who's in the paint or in the short corner... He's gonna throw it to them and they're gonna score on you. So it's just he's just so much more of a weapon now that he's expanded his game. Anthony Davis is definitely gonna have a bounce back year. Last year was tough. You know, a a lot of people began saying things about is he gonna be Anthony Davis again? And he will. He will. Caleb's shaking his head in disbelief, but he's wrong. It's gonna <laughs> happen. And just the youth that you mentioned on the Lakers. Horton Tucker coming from Houston, or whatever team he came from. I'm getting it wrong because I don't know my facts, but that's okay. Came from Iowa State. Iowa State, yeah, but that's like the same same place. (laughs) (laughs) Corn, farm, fields, and livestock. (laughs) But he can just put on an electrifying show. All of the other rookies they have, they will not let you down.
0: So going into our next topic here. We'll swing things around. We'll talk a little bit about the three-team trade that happened this past week involving Lowry Markkinen, Larry Nance Jr., and Derrick Jones Jr. Lowry Markkinen traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Larry Nance Jr. is heading to Portland, and Derek Derrick Jones Jr. is heading to Chicago. So this was not really what we expected. We expected Larry Markinen to be traded, but we didn't expect a three team trade to come out of this. I think a lot of us didn't. So Caleb, what are your thoughts on this with Derek Jones Jr. heading to Chicago, Larry Nance Jr. to the Blazers, and Larry Markinen to the Cavs?
2: I think this is a huge, huge pickup for the Cavs. I mean, <clears throat> pairing him with Evan Mobley is gonna I think it's gonna end up turning out really nice. Um, Trailblazers I feel like they did get a Decent pickup in Larry Nance Jr Definitely an upgrade From Derrick Jones Jr But as far as the Bulls I I feel like they downgraded With Derrick Jones Jr Because I mean they already have DeMar to run the three So they kind of left a hole For their four He's not really big enough to run the four I mean now a small ball You can do it but it's not really As efficient as it could be and, I mean, like I said, overall, I think Cavs probably won this trade because you got two big men, especially Laurie Markin is better, probably a better shooter. So having a better shooter as a big man is definitely going to help them. Um, I just, I, I've i never been big on Derrick Jones Jr.,
0: so I just don't think he's going to work out very well. And you have to wonder, is Patrick Williams going to make that move from the 3 to the 4 now that DeMar is there? What is going to go on with Kobe White? Is he going to stay on the bench now with the addition of Lonzo Ball as well? So a lot of different moves and decisions for the Chicago Bulls front office to make. John, what are your thoughts on this three-team trade?
1: Well, I definitely agree with Caleb. The Cleveland Cavaliers clear and by far won this trade. If you think about it, I've I've just got some stats here on the computer. Well, on whatever's in my hand and that is that Marking last year (laughs) (laughs) with Chicago, but please excuse my dear Aunt Sally-O, averaged (laughs) 13.6 points, 5.3 rebounds in 51 games. I think the most impressive line in this statement is that he shot 40% from behind the three-point line last year. So that just shows that Although he's a big man, you know he's more versatile in how he can help the team, which makes him more of a weapon. So I think that that's probably the biggest, the biggest gain of this trade, just due to his versatility and how he's he does good. He's not one of those that he's fairly consistent in what he does, and that is how you provide value to a team.
0: Yeah, that that is true. The thing with Larry Markkinen, the reasons the Bulls wanted to trade him really wasn't because of the offensive game. It was more of his defensive uh, lack of defense, I should say. I uh, didn't have a lot of defense, was struggling a lot uh, defensively, and as a 7-foot slim big man, you can't really have that type of lack of defense on a team. And so the Bulls were hoping maybe a change of scenery, would help Larry Markinen try and work on his game better and maybe have a new attitude. Um, I'm not sure if Chicago really thought maybe it was the attitude of Larry Markinen or his effort, but I don't know. It's to be seen what happens with Larry Markinen in Cleveland.
2: I mean, one one thing to notice is eventually the Bulls are going to run into a cap problem because they got a lot of big contracts. They're going to have a lot of young players they're going to want to pay. You got Lonzo Ball on a big deal. You got DeRozan on a big deal. Who's getting out of his prime now? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I mean, you're just gonna start running into some cap problems here eventually because you're gonna have to pay Kobe White. You're gonna have to play all these other young role players and stuff. And granted, it's not gonna—you're not gonna be paying them big money, but it's gonna amount to a lot after a while. And you want to try to win a championship you're going to need a star player. And I
0: feel like they really don't have that right now. Yeah, more of like a balanced team with Lonzo Ball and Vucevic and DeMar DeRozan. You could say Vucevic might be their best overall player, but uh, no clear-cut star on that Chicago Bulls roster. So now we head into more of a fun segment here on why we're here. We're going to discuss one NBA team And we all give our gist about what we think is going to happen with them this upcoming year. Each week will be a different team provided by one of us. This week, I am going to go with the Washington Wizards. So, my thoughts on the Washington Wizards first I think their team is really underrated now. They had a lot of key pickups in the offseason starting with Montrez Harrell. Montrez Harrell was the Lakers' sixth man last season, but he didn't play at the end of the year, and it kind of raised questions about, you know, why wasn't he playing in the playoffs much, what was wrong with him. But then he got involved in the trade with uh, Russell Westbrook going to the Lakers. So Montrez Harrell coming off of the bench... That is really big to me. I think Trez still has it. He's obviously an undersized big man, but nonetheless, he still has a ton of skill to provide off of the bench for the Wizards. Another big pickup that was involved in that trade was Kyle Kuzma. And a lot of people give Kyle Kuzma a lot of slander about some of the decisions that he makes. But all in all, I think Kyle Kuzma is still a pretty good player in this league and I expect him to start at small forward for the Washington Wizards this year. And the last player that the Washington Wizards picked up in that trade was Contavious caldwell pope who I think is another big pickup for them. Coming off of the bench will help that bench unit that last year suffered a lot. They did not have really any depth coming off of the bench. They struggled mightily and still were able to make the play-in tournament somehow. They still had a decent run in the playoffs, getting eliminated in the first round, but they still were able to manage to make it somehow even with that roster. And this season I think they have a chance to to possibly make the second round. I don't I don't expect them to go far. I don't expect a conference championship or anything like that, but I expect them to go a little bit far. Another player I'm high on is Daniel Gafford who is probably going to be coming off the bench this this year with the return of Thomas Bryant off of his torn ACL. Thomas Bryant, who also uh, played with the Lakers previously, was actually really good for the Washington Wizards. He actually had a lot of big moments with the Wizards, but now that, Daniel Gafford is in the mix. I wonder what Washington is thinking with Daniel Gafford and Thomas Bryant. Who are they going to start at center? Bryant coming off of a devastating knee injury. Do you think maybe they want to bring him off the bench at first? Maybe maybe prove himself again? A lot of questions to be asked. Uh, Bradley Beal, I mean, enough is said with that. I mean, led the league in scoring in 2020. So, I mean, there's not much you can... Not much else to say about that. And then, of course, the addition of Spencer Dinwiddie in the offseason coming from Brooklyn, uh, who looks to lead a Washington at the one. I think Spencer Dinwiddie is a really good point guard. Um, he has improved every single year. He's also coming off of a major injury, though. So is Spencer Dinwiddie still going to be the same Spencer Dinwiddie that we saw in Brooklyn? Um, it, it remains to be seen. Some rookies that the Washington Wizards picked up, Corey Kispert, one of them. I was really high on Corey Kispert, so a little bit more background knowledge about myself. I am a huge Golden State Warriors fan because of Stephen Curry. I love Curry to death. He's my favorite player of all time, and I was actually hoping that the Warriors would take Kispert with the 14th pick, but they elected to go with Moses Moody. Thus, letting Washington pick Kispert up at the 15th slot. But I still love Corey Kispert. I think he is the best shooter from this previous draft class. And I think he is going to be a really good addition off of the bench for Washington. Another rookie, Isaiah Todd. He was a really good player in high school. He was one of the top 10 players in high school. And then started to drop some in the rankings. Uh, landed at about 30 in the ESPN Top 100, and then elected to go to the G League Ignite uh, route for his career. He played in the G League last season and was able to get drafted, so they have Isaiah Todd as well, who I think is really underrated. I think he can be a really solid contributor to this Washington Wizards team. And another guy that was on this Wizards team last season, Bertans, I mean, he is an amazing scorer, shooter, coming off of the bench. Like we said, Um, the bench unit last season was really bad, but Bertans was probably the one bright side of the bench for the Wizards. And so the last player really I want to talk about is Denny Abdia. He is a really talented player. Coming into the second year in the NBA, last season had some struggles, but hopefully the Wizards start to untap his full potential and that he'll be able to progress towards a a longer NBA career. And so now I bring it to Caleb and John. Caleb, John, your thoughts on the Wizards this upcoming year and the breakdown of the roster. Do you think that they're going to be... A playoff contender? Do you think that they fail to make the playoffs? We'll start with John.
1: I'm going to make a very interesting statement here to start off my remarks. And that is that not only do I think that they're a contender in the playoffs, I think that they have a chance to potentially make it to the finals. And if they make it there, there is a chance that your Washington Wizards are coming home with the
0: bacon. So you think and, they have a chance to beat out the likes of Milwaukee, New York, Boston, well, Miami, see, Toronto.
1: With God, all things are possible, you see. <laughs> that is my comment today. But also, it all depends on, as you stated in your comments, the injured players, the people that are coming off of injuries last year. Will they come in, Spencer Dinwiddie, for example, will he come in and be a spark to the team as he was in Brooklyn previously? Or post-injury, is he just going to be one of those people that just slacks, not slacks off, but the ability is hamstrung due to the injury. So he may, instead of being the spark that many expect him to be, he may turn out to be someone who might not be able to do a lot for the team. You know, So it all depends on injuries. If they come back and Spencer Dinwiddie's just going nuts on the field, on the court, that you know, it's gonna be a great year. And Bradley Bill's another one. As you said, led the league in scoring in 2020. This man is a machine. If you got Bradley Bill on the court, don't count him out yet. Another thing, Caleb and Brandon will tell you that one of my rules when it comes to sports teams is if I can't pronounce your last name, you're gonna be good. <laughs> That's one of my last names. And I pulled this up Denny Avedesha. <laughs> It's the best that I can pronounce it. You better watch out for him. He's going to bring the heat. Uh, Davis Bertans, he's been on this team for years now. Came from San Antonio many years ago. He's been a solid player ever since he's been there. Now, uh, every player has a little while where they might not be up to their full potential. Davis Bertans is on it. And he's going to continue to be on it. One of my favorite players of all time, and I don't know why, but Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, when he was at Detroit many years ago, he was an electrifying player. He could hit anything he wanted to and nobody turned down. If he can do that for the Wizards, they have a solid chance to make it deep into the playoffs. Another reason I like Caldwell-Pope, my middle name is Pope, so I feel connected to him in that way. But that's beside the point.
0: That's a good connection. Yeah. That's a
1: wonderful connection. <laughs> Montres Harrell, as Brandon also mentioned in his comments, is the same way. He plays full of energy. He gets way too many technical fouls because of his energy, and he don't know when to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but he plays with energy, and you never have to worry about him not putting 100% out there on the court when he's out there. And he, he's a good one now. Rui Hachimura.
0: Yes, I forgot about him. Yes,
1: though. yes. A lot of a lot of people sometimes gloss over him. He also, both on the defensive end and around the rim, provides a huge spark for the Wizards. At times, whenever Bradley Beal is not on the floor, he sometimes serves as the leader of the team, in a way. In a way, I'll say that. But just look out for the Hachimura as well. Okay? Kyle Kuzma coming over from the, uh, the team LeBron James' is on The Lakers. Coming over from the Lakers. I'm sorry, y'all. I can't remember nothing today. But he did good at the Lakers. Expect him to do good things in Washington as well. So, well. what I'm saying, in short, there's a lot of weapons on this team. And don't count them out and don't count them short until it's over. I mean, here's now this
2: is y'all y'all probably not gonna agree with this, but I think Aaron Holiday's probably a good pickup. Um, definitely good definitely is gonna be a good backup behind Spencer Dimley. But there's a couple there's one rookie and one, I guess you could say, sophomore player that I really like. That sophomore player is Cassius Winston. Now, he didn't get a whole lot of minutes, so he didn't have a whole lot of impact. But I feel like they might try to edge him into the roster, give him a place somewhere. I feel like that's going to build up his potential. Because I mean, I mean, the dunk contest wasn't amazing last year, but he did make it, so that's saying he's got some ability. Mm-hmm. Um, now, rookie, that I'm like really high on. A lot of people really don't like him. Caleb Holmesley out of Liberty. He was a really good I feel like he's going to be an excellent defender um he was just for liberty he was a he wasn't a very consistent scorer but when he scored he scored a lot um he always came up in big moments um but like I said his defensive game is a huge aspect of that um for example in their the a Championship game, he has 16 points, two steals, a block, nine rebounds, and also three assists with only one turnover. So, he's incredibly good defensively. I mean, he shoots fairly well. It's, uh, like I said, a Championship game, he shot 54% um, with only one turnover. So, he's incredibly efficient. You know, I feel like he probably is not going to have a big chance in this league because he came from a smaller school, you would say. And being that he's already 24, I don't feel like he's going to get a big chance, but I
0: feel like he's one of those players that could be at least a pretty solid backup eventually. And going back to one of your points, I believe the man in the dunk contest was Cassius Stanley, not Cassius Winston. Oh, but well, I just wanted to correct you on that. Just – Making everybody aware of that, it was Cassius Stanley. Either way, he's
2: a very he's a very good player. He was yeah. impressive
0: at Michigan State. Mm-hmm. That's right. I yeah. mean,
2: so I'm sorry I got that wrong. But no, no. either way, he's a good he's an impressive player. You give him time, he's going to come up with something eventually.
0: Yeah, he had some strong moments last year with Washington. I liked I liked what he brought. I thought he was a really underrated draft pick in the second round in 2020. But, pretty much to cap off what John and Caleb said, the Washington Wizards, an unlikely dark horse team this year to possibly go far in the playoffs, and as John said... Might might make the finals, but hey, you, I'm calling, you, I'm you can never it right count it out. I'd never i never mean, thought Miami would make the the finals a couple of years ago in the bubble, but exactly. you know anything it anything
1: can happen in the East. Yes, anything, anything can happen anything, in the East. Anything at all. That's exactly I mean, shoot, right.
2: the Knicks were the four seed this year. Yeah, I, I mean the have, Knicks, Who would thought the Hawks of? went to the conference finals? The, yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> anything can happen, and in the people East. left
1: the Hawks for dead. And that also brings up another point. The Washington Wizards, the first half of the year. Left for dead. Nobody. Nobody at all. They were expected to be like bottom. bottom. And then what happened? Halfway through the season, near the end of the season, did they lose a game? (laughs) Well, I'm sure (laughs) they did, but (laughs) if they did, it wasn't but one or two. So my people at home listening to this just think about that.
0: Yeah, the Wizards were History really repeats yeah, itself. They were really good in the second half of the year. So Washington Wizards, that's the team breakdown. Once again, we'll do this every week. We'll break down a team, discuss their roster, and our thoughts on that particular team. Going into our last segment of the podcast, our hot takes. John had one already, so that he's he's out of this no, I'm joking. He's still in this one. But we each will break down one of our hot takes and have a discussion about it. So, I'll start off first with my hot take. So, my hot take for the week, I'll say this. I think the Pelicans are not going to make the playoffs this upcoming year once again, and they will finish with one of the worst records in the league Ooh. so so let me ask this you don't even have him in the play-in tournament not not in the play-in tournament at all so
2: like what seed in the West
0: like I, 15? no not that low like but I'll give him about 12 I will say about a 12 seed in the West and one of the main reasons is the loss of Lonzo Ball Lonzo Ball was a high playmaker for the Pelicans they lost Lonzo Ball And they also lost Eric Ludso. I mean, there's a lot of losses on this Pelicans team. Now, they did gain a a few guys in the offseason, but I mean, you still have Zion, you still have Brandon Ingram, but you don't have many playmakers around those two stars in New Orleans. That is the one thing that really makes me think the Pelicans are going to downgrade even more this upcoming year. I was one of the the people last year that said the Pelicans were going to make the playoffs as a five seed in the West, and I was horribly wrong. But all in all, I think the Pelicans, they got worse in the offseason, and I don't think they're even going to be near uh, a play-in tournament berth or or a possible chance at the playoffs. So that's my hot take.
2: So, uh, so let, let me ask you this. Thomas Sainoranski's not a valid. No, <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: no. Uh, he's he's a good depth option, but Look, nowhere near. So,
2: do you think Zion definitely leaves like no matter
0: what at this point? It's it's possible. I don't I don't see Zion there long term unless they get this situation figured out. That's right. I don't think Zion wants to to be stuck on a, a mediocre team like for, Anthony Davis. Right, <laughs> Anthony Davis wanted out. And he got he and got he his got wish. Mm. So I think Zion will eventually get to that point if New Orleans doesn't turn things around. But New Orleans they're not a, a high free agent, you know, destination. Many people don't want to go play in New Orleans, uh, and right now they're being affected by a horrible hurricane. And if you walk down so, the street,
1: you get shot. Yeah. So <laughs>
0: that's that's horrible. <laughs> but
1: well. I, I just, right. I just like that. I'm, please excuse me if interrupting this game, but what do you foresee their record being? How many games under five hundred?
0: Um, I well, Honestly, I don't see them making the high thirties. I would probably put them around like thirty-one fifty-one, probably. Okay. I'd say about thirty-one fifty-one for the for the record, but mm-hmm. I mean. I don't think they're gonna. They don't have a lot of playmakers on this team. You need playmakers to win. That that's the Absolutely. philosophy I've always learned and have always been uh, gone by. But I don't think this team is loaded up with a lot of playmakers. They have a couple stars on this team, but their bench depth isn't isn't very valuable. It, it they don't have a winning roster.
2: Now this is kind of not related at the same time it is because it affects the organization as a whole a little while ago there were rumors that the team was going to just move just pack up and move do
0: you think this affects that chance no I don't I don't think so at all I don't think that affects it I don't because it's the team not really the location That's I think I mean. so it's it's really just the team well
2: no, I'm I'm saying I'm thinking this because New Orleans is a football town they love their saints. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. What pelicans game is sold out besides the first ones I played? None. Right. That's so I mean. I'm just saying, you think it's a possibility they move, and you know, like Seattle is a very now. I mean, I know it's very far away, but Seattle is a very valid option because yeah. they fell apart when they left and moved to Oklahoma City. Yeah. So you think a different location just wouldn't change that at all? Or?
0: No, I don't. I don't think so. I, I think it's really just the the front office right now, the executives. Uh, I don't think they're really making many great changes, many roster decisions that are good. I think right now New Orleans is is in a little bit of a, a hole at what they want to do. They're a they're a decent team. They have been a decent team, I should say, and they've kind of been around you know the middleish area of the draft, so they really haven't been able to get. The high caliber players, Uh, but excluding Zion, obviously, they got the the bid for him in the lottery. But, I mean, overall, this New Orleans team, they don't have the playmakers, like I said, and I don't think the location changes much in it. I think it's the organization right now. Uh, They're struggling to find a consistent head coach, and that's obviously a a big part of, of a team. So, if... If Zion you know, decides to leave, that's just going to put them in, a, in an even bigger slump. Uh, also, Brandon Ingram, does he want to stay with this team as well? I mean, there's a lot of different decisions that these players are going to make. And if New Orleans doesn't fix things soon, I mean, their roster may, may implode.
1: I would definitely agree with that statement. Another mediocre team, when you speak of mediocre teams to come to my mind, of course, is our hometown, the Charlotte Hornets. But we're not going to get into that because <laughs> it'll make me say it because I love the Charlotte Hornets. But anyway, <laughs> I I would take the opposite side. When you say that New Orleans will have a losing record this year, I'm gonna, I am proclaiming it on August 29, 2021 at 7.29 p.m. New Orleans will have a 500 season, really, and I will tell you why. So, like a 41 and 41 or above, whichever one you want. Okay, Their so they're just not—they're not, not going not right. to lose. That's right. They lose. will not have a losing record at the end of the regular. Is that your season. hot take? That it can be whatever you want it to be. <laughs> <laughs> the Pelicans will not have a losing record. Brandon Ingram, you mentioned Brandon Ingram. Ever since he played his college years at Duke, he has give, given them a spark. Now, people speculate because it's high all the time. If you look at his eyes, you might think that. That's not related to this conversation, but the point <laughs> being, how many years has he been in New Orleans now?
0: I think this is his third year. The third, third year. from the Lakers. Yeah.
1: He, he's been there three years ever since he left the Lakers. He's going to at least stay out this year, I would presume, from – just He he don't want to go nowhere. Brandon Ingram ain't going nowhere. Zion... He's complicated. It's so complicated. He's more, in my opinion, about the attention than actually the teammates around him. So if he perceives that the team is going to waste and they're not winning the games, he's going to get out of there. Just because it's giving him the perception that he's a loser. So... Zion will flee the sinking ship. So, so let me say, he's, he's going to pull LeBron and just get out of there. Just leave the dumpster fire behind It depends. Him. If they start, okay. in the first 20 games, if they can maintain a 500 record, at least he'll stay. If they have a losing record in the first 20 games, he's going to be looking for every opportunity to leave.
0: Okay. So, that is my response. All right. So... <clears throat> We'll say that was John's hot take there. No, no. I, I have another one. You have another oh, one? Oh, I, All I right, have Well, another. go ahead. Yes, go ahead. We'll, we'll go with
1: that. Okay. So, of course, we're talking about the Washington Wizards today. My hot take is related to the Washington Wizards, and that is that Bradley Beal will be MVP this year. No. Wow. I am <laughs> proclaiming it now. Bradley Beal led the league in scoring last year. I think that's a wonderful bona fide. Two years it, ago. If – Two years ago. Well, I'll get my year straight in a minute, here, but <laughs> apparently it was two years ago. Either way,
2: he was close last yeah, year. Yeah, he was close. He was second. He
1: was close. All three of us will agree that Bradley Beal is a beast, and he is a machine. When he gets on the court, you know it's going up, and you know it's going in. So, that is such a valuable trait to have on NBA teams. Even LeBron James has his games <laughs> where he's not shooting the ball well. He might not be facilitating an official might say something to get in his mind where his mind is not on the game. It's somewhere else. So, he may not. Have Bradley Beal, if he gets on the court, he's scoring 30 points. He's going to assist the ball. He's going to get rebounds. Bradley Beal is an all-around player. And if he can keep it up this year like he has the past two years, he will be MVP. Wow.
2: Okay, so that means you have the you have them at least making probably an 8-Z, right?
1: Oh, I already at said the that. Least. That's true. I already said that Washington Wizards have the potential to make it to the
0: Conference Finals. Okay. The NBA Finals or the Conference Finals?
1: We'll see. Time will tell. Time will tell. They do have a chance, in my opinion, depending on how much the fellow players contribute. Because Bradley Beal is an amazing player. Nobody Mm. can discount that. But will his teammates put in their fair share? Because Bradley Beal can't do it all. If he's on an island by himself, and you know Bertons and all the rest of them kind of don't do as well as everybody's expecting them to, then Washington could very easily not make the eight seed, the to play-in tournament, anything. They could not make anything. But if they do, mark your calendars because Washington's going. Okay, let, let me bring up this argument against you. I want to. I'm, I'm going to ask you, who are the Wizards' <laughs> top three players? Obviously Bradley Bill, but who are those? Bradley here? Bill, okay. Rui Hachimura. Okay. You know, well, as I've stated, he's been discounted by a lot of people. But, you have
0: him bunch above Spencer We
1: Well, see, as as we've stated before, injuries. It all depends on how Spencer Dinwiddie comes back. Rui Hachimura is a tried and true commodity in Washington. You know what he's gonna do. You know, he doesn't he doesn't get injured, at least this far. Where's some wood? But this far he has not been injured. When he gets on the court, he's gonna go. So I would I would say that he's in the top three on the Washington Wizards just because he's there, okay, and he contributes. But the third one, okay. I would say, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope. Wow, going to shock Everybody, Kentavious <laughs> okay. Caldwell-Pope. Right, it's okay. happening.
2: So you're saying Bradley Beal, Ray Moore. And KCP are the top three.
1: That, unless I'm forgetting somebody Okay, the top three. We are
0: going to need a fire extinguisher because he is providing a lot of hot takes right now. Okay. <laughs> I'm full okay. of hot takes. <laughs> all right. Hold on I'm sweating so, right now. So,
2: <laughs> all right. So let me let me bring this argument to you. You got a big three in Miami, Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, mm. Bam Adebayo. You got a big three in Brooklyn, Kyrie, James Harden, and uh, KD. In Milwaukee, you got a big three, Chris Middleton, uh Drew Holiday, Giannis. That's just three big threes right there. Okay, here's what I want. So how do they compare with your big three? Here's families? what
1: I want you to do. I'm not gonna remember all of those names, so I'm gonna <laughs> okay. say the team name and you tell me them three right, people again, fine. and I will analyze them person by person. Okay. Miami. Uh we'll go with Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry in the past has been susceptible to injuries. So there is no telling that he's gonna be there the whole year. You know, on the surface you know Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry. Who was the third one you said?
2: Uh, Bam Adebayo. Bam
1: Adebayo. Bam. He's a great player, but <laughs> Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler have a history of injuries. So let's say within the first yeah, you're shaking your head, but it's true. Okay. After the first couple months, let's say Kyle Lowry goes out torn okay. torn ACL, just something. Okay. Okay, just something. He's out for a month, two months. He's out. Extended period of time. And it's exactly Jimmy Butler. You okay. know he might. His, I believe it was his knee, the last injury he had. It might not have been, but.
2: It, it was significant. It
1: was a significant injury. If both of them go out, I mean, you still have Bam Adebayo, who's okay. an amazing, amazing player. Amazing player. Okay. Amazing player. Bam Adebayo, he used to be my nemesis when Charlotte played the Miami <laughs> Heat because you <laughs> knew the second he stepped on the court, it was. he's just a wonderful player. Yeah. You knew what he was going to do. Okay, Brooklyn. Uh, Kyrie. Kyrie. Another one has an extended period of injuries. Just a couple years ago, he was out for a very long period with an injury. So, and especially Kyrie's another one. He's getting older. Okay. So, as he goes along and he's aging, will he get injured more often or will it be more serious? Where And also, another year's gone by Mr. Caleb. Who says that he might not have some of the spark that he had previously just due to aging? All right, well, uh, James Harden. James Harden. James Harden is another machine. I mean, you're going to have a hard time with James Harden, period. He's just, he comes there, he knows what he's doing, and Mm -hmm. he is the best ever. Now, what's going to be really interesting with James Harden is the new rule regarding... The shooting foul. Shooting foul. That has been James Harden's bread and butter for many years now so what I'm thinking is and he can do it without the foul mm. he can shoot it from anywhere on the court and it'll go in but he has become more
2: of a facilitator too you exactly about that. exactly
1: yep. and that's what makes him more of a weapon as well just like okay. LeBron James but many of his points were from the free throw line so now that the flopping rule as I'll call it has been yeah. implemented will he lose those points or as being more of a facilitator, will he give it up to another teammate to score? So James. It just depends on how he plays. That's right. That's right. And we won't know that until the season starts. Now he could still be a formidable threat and he most likely will be, Mm -hmm. but how much would that take out of his game with the new rule? All right. And what about uh, Kevin Durant? You can't say nothing bad about Kevin Durant. I mean, he's also, (laughs) you, you really can't. I mean, Kevin Durant's a machine. All right, so let's he move has on. Had, he yeah. has had a couple of injuries in the past, so that's a concern, potentially. But if he's there, he's going to be rolling.
0: Hey, Anthony Edwards said uh, this past week he thinks Kevin Durant is the best player of all time. So, And
1: I, here's another hot take since <laughs> since we're right in the middle of it, <laughs> All right. Anthony Edwards okay. is an amazing player. Yeah. That's not a hot take because everybody agrees with it. Yeah. I'll be interested to see how he does this year. Okay. Okay. So, what was the other? So team? back to the books. Yes, the Drew, books. Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday. You can't count Drew Holiday out. He's a. He's not necessarily a wow player, but he's a solid man. He goes in. He's a grinder. A, a right. grind he goes player. in and does the dirty work. Mm-hmm. He gets the rebounds. You know. Stuff that doesn't necessarily show up on the stat sheet. That's, that's what, what Drew doing. Holiday is famous for. So he's a solid player all around. And uh. Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton, he's a shooter. Chris Middleton is a shooter. And he's a very good shooter. So he's a somebody that you definitely have to make sure the defense is up on okay. and be looking out for. And uh last one, Giannis. Giannis, I ain't even gotta say nothing about Giannis. Everybody <laughs> knows. Giannis, he was also one of my favorite players. Mm-hmm. So it hurts my heart to have to, you know, yes. say that my people are better than his people. But Giannis also in the past has had a couple of injuries, you know? Yeah. So that's something that – He's also come back extremely quickly from those injuries. That's exactly right, and he has. But if you lose him for even a couple games – That's true. It's a rough stretch. You make a vacuum on the team. Because Chris Middleton is a natural leader as well. So how quickly will Chris Middleton fill the void to leave the team? With Giannis, a superstar who takes up so much oxygen in the room, nice. and will they be able to handle it?
0: So, so, that, so are you saying? The Wizards, your Wizards' top three, are better than all, all those three teams' top threes. Well,
2: how are they going to compete? How can are they, they going to compete? Yeah.
0: Can they at least come within fifteen?
1: Of course, on a can. regular basis. Of course, they can.
0: So, Contavius Caldwell <laughs> Pope as the number three best. Player on the team, it's going like to be as good with like it's going to be as good as Kyrie, Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry and Drew Holiday.
1: But it's real easy to compete with somebody when they're injured and not on the
0: court. I'll okay. say that. So what? So what makes you think that can't happen to Washington?
1: Well, it probably will. Now that I've said that, <laughs> but
2: okay. So let's just take those top three out. Okay, yeah. For example, get rid of them. Miami Heat. Yes,
1: Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero. Is a really underrated player. Okay, that that young man, he just does amazing things. He does. He's a hero. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, let's go with the Bucks. Um, you're getting too into it now. Well, oh, <laughs> so, getting, so you can't, <laughs> so you can't compete in my argument. Oh, well, go ahead, go ahead then. Go ahead dan
2: All right. Let's see. Um, the Bucks. Um, uh, the center. His name's not coming to my Lopez. mind. Thank Lopez. Thank you, Brooke Lopez.
1: Brook Lopez. He's another one that gets a lot of dirty work done. But, mm-hmm. he has a tendency to be over-aggressive, draw way too many technical fouls, draw, get into foul trouble very easily. Brooke Lopez, ever since his time at the New York Knicks. Or
0: oh, the you, you look a, the Nets. What did the I Nets. say? Knicks. Oh, gosh. <laughs> they
1: both start with the Canes in the same series, okay. <laughs> uh, Brooke Lopez would always get into foul trouble and have to be sheltered from the game. And... In clutch moments at the end of a game, you need your starting center on the floor. And without without, with somebody who's susceptible to foul trouble, you might not have him available to be on the okay. court. And if you leave him out on the court and he gets the sixth foul, then he's really no good to you because he's gone. And what about uh,
2: Blake Griffin?
1: Blake Griffin. Woo! Okay. Blake Griffin.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you got varying opinions on him. I can tell.
1: Well, I, I'm not going to say I have varying awesome opinions Harris.
0: Too. Joe Harris. Okay, I mean, Joe.
1: Joe Harris is a shooter. Yep. If he's behind mm-hmm. the three point line, you better be on him because it's going up. Okay, but Blake Griffin, he's he's another, both defensive and offensive around the rim, unstoppable. Okay. Okay. So, so, so Washington. Do you they? They can s- compete with all that. Time will tell. Okay. Okay, I'll say that. I'm not going to rule them out completely. But if I had an underdog team that many people like you and Brandon did not expect to be competitive in this way, it would be the Washington Wizards. So
2: you're saying they would be more competitive than the Charlotte Hornets right now?
1: I just want to get that on the record. The three of us could be more competitive than the Charlotte Hornets just suck. <laughs> no, but well, I mean,
0: that's why we're here. We're that's that's why we're here.
1: We can't jump, but yep. neither can they. <laughs> yes, the Charlotte Hornets just suck. If anybody has them in your fantasy lineup, you should just don't ever play it again. Oh, yeah. wow.
0: Or even Lamella Ball. Ball?
1: LaMelo Ball. He's a show-off. He's a <laughs> okay. show-off. Okay? No Gordon Hayward, Gary Gor- Rose Gordon Hayward. Did very Miles well Bridges, last season until he got injured. So you're saying just injury just rules him out completely? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying <laughs> you can be a wonderful player, but if you're gone for half the season, it doesn't matter. What good are you? Okay. Because if you remember, the Charlotte Hornets lost about four people at the same time mm-hmm. after not having any injuries for the first half of the year, they lost four people right around the same time. They struggled mightily to mm-hmm. find a leader on that team, and. They didn't because Devontae Graham, their port guard, was the leader of the team in a way in the beginning. They never really had a leader to start off with. Right. That was much of their problem. He was the main player. Devontae yeah. Graham kind of led the morale. Yeah. When he went out, who'd you have, P.J. Washington?
0: <laughs> Gordon hey. Hayward? I mean... No, he's no, talking about, he's he's talking about before. Too. Before, yeah.
1: Well, yeah, then. Because Gordon Hayward would have been next in line yeah. to help command, but he was out too. So then you're left with, and I want to say, PJ Washington missed a couple of games too. So they, I think
2: he did. They I mean.
1: really didn't have. I mean,
2: they had nobody.
1: Who are you gonna play, Nick Richards? He can't even dunk the ball. <laughs> <laughs> or who's No, nah, You're
2: gonna bring in the uh, the uh, who's it? The Martin
1: brothers, the Martin Kobe brothers. <laughs> and
0: just, okay. whatever. Yeah. Well,
1: they're very, the Martin brothers can be sneaky and scary sometimes, and I say that because of this. They might have a game where they get out on the floor and go 0 for 10 combined, mm-hmm. both of them. Mm-hmm. And then the next game, Cody's going to get out on the floor. He's going to be 5 for 6 behind the three-point line.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's that's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean, that's it's just – they're
2: random like that. They don't I mean, have many good games when they do. The that's
1: run. right, and they are on top of it when they're on top of it. But that's the story of the Charlotte Hornets. They'll go play Chicago hit 35 three-pointers and score 130 points in a game and then they'll go play the next team and they'll score 89 points. <laughs> and it's not be- it's not necessarily because the other team was either doing bad defense or really good defense. It's just because they suck.
0: <laughs> yep. Well, getting back yeah. on topic, we'll finish out our hot takes. Caleb, what is your hot take of the week?
2: Um the Lakers. Oh. A lot of people do not like this take. I've gotten so much heat for this. Which we'll is us. They are not going to make the finals.
1: Oh! If cool. they do,
2: they're not going to win. Hmm. But I feel extremely strongly that they're not going to make it. If they it's do, some. Boy. If they do somehow make it, they're definitely not winning. It's so. believable. It is definitely believable. now. My reason behind this: I do not like the Westbrook move at all. Hmm. Westbrook has been to the finals one time. Yeah. That's right. That one time he had an extremely young team that was all entering their prime. He moves. I mean, at that point, I mean, that he was going to win it there, everyone. Yeah. One, to me. Now he moves to a team with everybody moving out of their prime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's definitely not going to win it there.
0: Mm.
2: Westbrook's history is he's great. He's a triple double machine. That's he's right. going to pass the ball. Yep. Yeah. Everybody's gonna score, but here's his problem: it comes down to clutch time, with five minutes to go. If it's a close game, he has the ball. He's not gonna give up the ball.
1: That's right. He's going. Cool. Mm-hmm. He's gonna hog the
2: ball, and there, a lot of times they lose those games. Not That's every right. game. Yeah. But in a seven-game series, you're gonna go to five games. You're gonna lose them. That's yeah. right.
1: And you bring six if you're lucky. Hmm.
2: But you're not going to win games with them. And if you do, it's it's a miracle. I mean, it's just it's not going to happen. The Lakers roster, yeah, it sounds really well-rounded. But, I mean, it's all role players. It's no playmakers. Kent Bazemore, he's not going to make a play. Carmelo, he's not going to make a play. Wayne Ellington is not going to make a play. Dwight Howard, I mean, he's
0: not going to enough do anything. Seed. Well, I I think I have to disagree with you there. I mean... I think LeBron and Westbrook are high-caliber playmakers. Well, I Especially mean, LeBron definitely, LeBron definitely Especially is. Westbrook. Westbrook, and this is why I say this, because when Paul George played in OKC, he had his best season ever. When Bradley Beal played alongside Russell Westbrook, he had his best season ever. So I think with Westbrook alongside any star player... I think he makes them better. Well, I'm not I'm not saying he's not a good
2: playmaker. I'm saying in clutch time, he's not going to give up the ball. He's a great mm-hmm. – he's an excellent playmaker. I mean, he he had 20, 20, 20 in a game.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, not – an an average player is not going to do that. Yeah. I mean, so I'm not debating he's not a good playmaker. He's a great playmaker. It's just when it's clutch time, it's his time. He's going to mm-hmm. do what he wants to do. It doesn't matter. We've seen him like that for over 15 years now. Yeah. I mean, he's going to do what he wants to do, and it doesn't matter, You ain't going to change his mind. That's, That's exactly the way he plays. Right. Exactly See,
0: right. I, think, I think the Lakers have a chance to make the finals. It all depends on how well these guys can mesh together. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you have a lot of ball-dominant guys. For one, Carmelo Anthony, he just signed with the Lakers coming from Portland. LeBron – Used to be more of a ball dominant guy. Now is turning into more of a facilitator. But Anthony Davis, a ball dominant guy. You have a lot of ball dominant guys on this roster, but you also do have a lot of shooters like Malik Monk, Wayne Ellington, uh, Kendrick Nunn. You have a lot of guys who can shoot the ball too. Now that's something that the Lakers lacked last year, and that's a big reason why they didn't make the finals. So, all in all, I got to watch some of these games and wonder how are all these guys going to work together? I mean, this is this is probably one of the the most intense rosters that yes. I've ever seen ever in in the entirety of the NBA. I mean, you have so many different guys meshed together, young, uh old, you have shooters, you have playmakers, you have so many different guys out there. Is this going to all work? Is this all going to fall apart? Is Frank Vogel still going to be able to lead the pack? I mean, I don't know.
2: I will will say this. Here's why I think there's going to be a problem. They have, if I'm not mistaken, I've just counted, it's either eight or nine new players on the roster. Yeah. You're going to have a lot of chemistry issues. Yep, that's another thing, yeah. And Westbrook is not always – he's gonna push the blame on somebody else he's gonna make it very public right. he's gonna let everybody know about it. it's gonna cause problems in the locker room <clears> and so that's why I feel like just from the beginning of the start they're probably gonna end up seven and thirteen. I'm gonna be honest wow with I don't think they're gonna have a good start now they're mm-hmm. definitely obviously they're gonna pick up a lot mm-hmm. but but to start off with they're gonna have to be really really rough i mean it might not be 20 games into the season but they're gonna be rough for at least ten to fifteen yeah They're going to have a hard time trying to figure out the chemistry and stuff. I feel like that's just going to carry over throughout the whole season. Right. So, eventually, at some point, something's going to break down. And I don't – I feel like there might be a a big trade. Yeah. Where they get rid of somebody or they – more than likely, they're going to bring somebody in. Mm. But they don't have a lot of assets. So, whatever they do, it's going to be hard for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think the Lakers, they are destined to have an interesting year, to say the least. So we wrap up the first edition of why we're here. We want to thank everybody for listening to this first edition. We hope you join us next week. And for Brandon Hodge, John Jorgensen, Caleb Swills, we sign off. And as long as we're here, we'll see you next week.